Hi there, this is Greg Legro. And this is Jamie Dew. Of Fully and Completely. Um, You're listening to... <laughs> Hello and welcome to Fully and Completely, the podcast that is going through the chronological order of the discography of the Tragically Hip and all things related to it. We're getting into side projects. We're talking to people we didn't think we'd ever talk to. And here we are with another episode as we go into our side project area. We are talking to the two lead guys from Strippers Union today. How cool is that? It's extremely cool. <laughs> yeah. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I, I'd be lying if I didn't say I was nervous. Ah, yes. But, um, extremely nervous. First thing is like, we, we started a podcast, but we're not interviewers. Interviewing is a skill. That's right. <laughs> people, people learn anyway. But, I'm uh, no morally safer. Mm, no, no, no. So we're just deep uh, music fans. And uh, so uh, very lucky to speak with uh, Craig Northey and Rob Baker today. Uh, wild. Yeah. Wild, wild, wild. And uh, I've been listening the heck out of the record, and there's a lot of great stuff on it. Yep. It's their and best record. It's definitely their best record. Yeah. And we'll hopefully get to the bottom of why that is. And um, and uh, ask them all sorts of good stuff. We've got some questions from you guys, too. So, I don't know. Should we just get right into it? Uh, okay. <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Today we'll meet in the tunnel in the Magic Kingdom. Tired mascots taking off their heads.
Well, how's everybody doing? Uh, <laughs> that's always a loaded question, Lee. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> we're, we're doing okay. I'm doing all right. It's nice Your to. I'm grand. I thought I'd see Rob today, but now I'm going to hear him, which is yeah. that's fifty percent not as good. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> you can hold a picture of him up in front of you. It's true. Yeah, an old one. Yeah. <laughs> They're all old now. Oh. Um so uh, Rob where where are you in Canada today? I'm in Kingston, Ontario. Ah, beautiful. And uh how is your lockdown scenario treating you? Oh, you know. <laughs> starting to go a little crazy. <laughs> Showing symptoms of uh COVID, mm-hmm. incredible boredom, uh mm-hmm. irritability. Yeah. Nothing, is it, nothing extraordinary. Yeah. I wonder if irritability is one of the new symptoms of COVID because I feel like I might have it then. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think everyone's getting it. Yeah, yeah. It's a little uh, compliance exhaustion. Oh, I've had it for weeks. Then. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Terrible stuff. Well, <laughs> you know, in spite of all that, thanks so much for doing this. We're just, uh, you know, just a, a little wee uh, podcast. And, mm. you know, we really thank you for coming on because we are sort of completists. We've, we've, we've tried to cover, you know, all the solo projects and everything mm-hmm. that's going on, uh, chronologically. And, and then bam, you guys drop a new album in our lap. So <laughs> this was really cool. <laughs> it's good to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we have, we took some questions from fans. We have some of our own. Um, and so we can just kind of mosey right on into that. And we've, we've got really, I don't know, this is, a, I'll get this out of the way off the top. It's just, uh, it is amazing to have both of you here talking with us and for everyone to listen to it. We started this, just Jamie and I wanted to talk about uh, the albums, go through the whole thing. And suddenly it got bigger than we expected. And we got to meet and talk to a, a variety of people. We had, you know, Paul was here in, in my basement, which was a wild experience. And uh, we spoke to the wrestler, Chris Jericho. We had uh, Dave Bedini here, he also in my basement. I didn't. I never would have thought I'd have so much in my basement after <laughs> starting a little podcast with my buddy here. So it's a really amazing uh, that we're getting a chance to speak with all of you. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm sorry you didn't get to see my basement, but let me tell you, uh, it's a mess. <laughs> you, you can send pictures later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my wife will love that. Mm-hmm. All right. So, I mean, the the biggest question I have is, what is it? Greg and I have had to change a few things with with the podcast uh, since COVID came into place. We very rarely uh, see each other anymore. I don't get to hang out in this basement either. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's sort of a drag. Mm-hmm. What in the world was it like making a record during COVID? You want to start, Rob? Yeah. Uh, in some ways... 
uh, not that different <laughs> in terms of the strippers union projects because I I kind of uh, I take the lead on this and do these musical demos. I try and work every day in my home studio mm-hmm. and plug away at something, and I never really know what it's going to be. Some of them ended up as hip songs. Some of them end up on the shelf. Some end up on strippers union projects. I have a whole file that I've uh, designated for the weather channel. Uh, (laughs) Who knows where it's going to find a home, but uh, I plug away at this stuff and I try and make each one as complete as I can. Having said that I'm not a lyricist and I'm not much of a vocalist. So uh, I need to enlist the help of friends with a little help from my good friend, I, uh, I just start sending him ideas or playing ideas for him when we get together in person. Uh, but often I'm just, you know, I think when this writing cycle started, I was sending him CDs of things that I was working on. And uh, by the end of it, we're Zooming back and forth. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, that was the big change. Uh, the one really big change is that normally we would – have these songs, I would consider my basement recordings as uh, glossy roadmaps mm-hmm. to have find our way back to the song, and then we would all assemble in a space and do the recording. In this case, that wasn't a possibility, so uh, I took a hard drive out to BC, and uh, we got Pat and Doug to put down some bass and drums using the stuff that I had laid down as guides and that was it. Were, were the four of you ever all in the same room for any of the yeah, recorded performances? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Great. We, we, um, we did that pre knowledge that there was a problem. There was no mm-hmm. pandemic right at that time. Oh, okay. Uh, so we got our rhythm section stuff done and, and there were guide vocals and songs written so we were we were lucky to be in the same room working on uh, watching Doug and Pat lay down their stuff. <laughs> Perfect. How did uh, how did you guys get together the first time around? Uh, was it something you talked about for a while or uh, a spur of the moment kind of thing? Mm. Um, well, I got that great call from Rob saying I got a bunch <laughs> of stuff. What, what do you can you? That's a- that's do a good wanna, call. Do you want to listen to it and see what you, <laughs> we see what you think? What what should this what should this be? And um, <laughs> it wasn't really a band at that point. It was us talking about that, and and I said, well, I would put this on this, and it led to that same relationship for for many years since, where where I get this the privilege of hearing all these gems that Rob's created and taking one that inspires me and saying, well, what about we work on this? And, and in most cases we're together and mm-hmm. uh, I pick a few and start, we start cobbling together what they mean and what the lyrics might be. And uh, you know, in, e- in each meeting we usually come up with four or five finished songs, which is pretty amazing. So um, I don't think either of us, knew what it was exactly but it's basically rob starting a fire each time and it becoming um a strippers union too that's pretty cool 
In terms of in terms of the undertaking specifically, did did you go into it knowing that it was going to be a double LP? Like, did you have that many songs ready to go? Yeah, you know what? I uh, I plug away at this uh, pretty hard, <laughs> <laughs> and as I said, I don't really know what they're going to be. I don't really know what I'm doing other than chasing down ideas and. Uh, I'm someone who uh, doesn't know when to stop, whether it's a painting or whatever it is. I just Mm -hmm. always take it too far, try and polish it up too much. So I end up with a lot of stuff in my basement, (laughs) these these recordings. And and I just, uh, some of them sound like they should have a life somewhere. And some, I just, you know, I just start picking and choosing ones that I think Craig might dig. I'll play him five. And uh, if he likes two and wants to tackle two of them, I'm way ahead of the game. So, yeah, I I never really know what they're going to be. And I think when I started all of this, you know, I was going through some shit. Uh, Mm Mm-hmm. You know, sort of a 10-year death spiral of my parents, my wife's parents, uh, one of my best friends, my career, <laughs> you know, a bunch of things all yeah. died in short order of time. Right. And it left me uh, floundering a little bit. So uh, I did what, you know, some people go to therapy. I just uh, choose the path of avoidance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... I avoid things by going down into my basement and working, just chasing down song ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I ended up with a whole whole bunch of avoidance ideas. <laughs> and I started firing, firing them off to Craig. And, uh, as Craig said, you know, when we get together, he I think the first time he was maybe on the road with Art of Time, mm-hmm. or maybe Stephen Page, I think it was Art of Time the first time. And I was able to lure him to Kingston for two days, and I think we got uh, five songs out of that. Oh, mm-hmm. wow, pretty good. And the, the music is essentially done, except for real bass and drums, but there are bass and drums on it. So right. it's a matter of sitting down and figuring out, is this going to translate into a stripper's union song? And if so, what's it about? And what are the lyrics? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think there was... Rob had done his kind of Todd Rundgren thing and the tracks were great already. But mm-hmm. I think when you add the band that's been part of this for the couple albums before, when you add the secret sauce of of those guys playing, it kind of adds a dimension. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. that, I, think, I think initially I thought that I would do all, like do everything except Craig's role, <laughs> which <laughs> I am quite incapable of doing. Uh, but the fact is, there's no substitute for Pat and Doug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Ed, Craig, do you find it, um, I mean, being the you know, chief songwriter in odds, is this, uh, is this a different approach to songwriting for you when, you, when something comes to you like a, with a, a semi-formed or fully formed idea? Does it uh, challenge you in a different way as a writer? Do you approach it differently to uh, complete the song? I don't think I approach it any differently. Mm -hmm. And I think that Rob and I would probably agree that in a band, the songs come at you in, in different ways each time. Somebody might've formed an idea more or 
give you a demo of something that's more fully formed or they might you know in in the collaboration that that is a band that both rob and i are used to mm-hmm. there's a push and a pull and there's a you try to leave space for somebody else or mm-hmm. and i think rob, rob is alluding to you leave space for their strengths and for right. it to become to become something that is bigger than both of you or the three of you or the four of you or the five of you so you kind of uh i don't think it's any different but it's um it's i think the cutting and pasting of what rob has done when we're together when we have instruments around us and we can say well we're just missing these two bars or whatever is is really fun <laughs> all i can say is it's, <laughs> it's fun and uh we have a lot of laughs and we punch up each other's jokes and there's a lot of um there's a lot of to me a lot of optimism in the music as a result of that mm-hmm. I'd say this album feels maybe the most optimistic of the uh, of the three you've created. Um, well, it's something to say for people who are making such dark jokes all the time. But, yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I do feel it still. After you listen to it, you feel okay. You feel pretty good. Yeah, there's a there's a whole side of apocalyptic sci-fi on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it. I think it's the fact that that it's uh, that it's just like Rob said. Is it? I thought, is this way too dark? Like, is this 18 songs of just punching someone in the sternum? But, but uh, in the end, nobody, not a single person reacted that way. No, so it, makes, it, it makes me, you know, roll the windows down and I'm going to probably get a speeding ticket. So there, there's this like great, I don't know, there's an optimism lying underneath all of it or a, a sense of um, positivity somewhere uh, mixed into the DNA of all of this. That's I'm nice. glad. It's a, it's a strangely uh, low pressure situation. Mm-hmm. It's a. I do it because I have nothing else to do, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Craig's my buddy, and I fire him the songs. And if he doesn't, if he's not moved by a song, he's not going to work on it or write lyrics. Mm-hmm. So, if he's writing lyrics to it, it's because he, something's twigged for him, right. sparked a you know, uh, creative fire and away you go. That's, that's all we really need is something to play off of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in, in the hip, it was a very different writing scenario. Mm-hmm. There was no, no one brought a finished musical idea to the band. If they did, they would have got four fingers. <laughs> so, you, right. know, you, you came with as spare an idea as rough as you could, mm-hmm. because it was really critical that everyone, had to be able to put in their stuff. Right. It was just a very different way of working. I, I, I've always been in such admiration of the way the hip worked and, and uh, spoken about it as often as I can to other people about what a unique democracy it was, but none of those things are ever easy. You know, oh, making, sure. making records is hard anyway, even if you agree on everything. Yeah. By the time you get in there making it, if everybody cares about it, it's never easy. But a strippers union record, I, I'll give you an example: is that Pat Pat sprung a leak from laughing so hard for while well, we made the first record that he had to be hospitalized later and fixed up. 
you know, it was like, we, <laughs> Whoa. I'm going to need elaboration. He had a, he had a physical injury, which is an undisclosed lower body injury <laughs> from laughing so hard that he had to, he had to be prepared. He, he bust a nut. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. He got a hernia from laughing. It's one of my proudest achievements <laughs> in my whole career. We, we have had so much fun in Strippers Union making records that that was the essential element when we talked earlier about making a record in a pandemic. That was the one thing that was that I sorely missed was yes. just was camaraderie. Being in the bathhouse bunking with other with the rest of the guys um, making the record. Yeah, the chamber of horrors. <laughs> <laughs> It's a twenty four seven all sleep. Yeah, it's a twenty four seven experience for sure. Well, it's interesting because you guys bring, uh, I think, unique band dynamics to a unique band. Um, you know, Rob, you were talking about the democracy of the hip, and then Craig, I, 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 I don't know how much has changed um, in the later part of the odds careers as opposed to the beginning but where there's two guys writing songs like it's it's that's a hard thing to balance too and yeah. to have so much success out of that it's, it's pretty amazing but it's i think it's really cool that you guys both come from fairly unique uh or uniquely difficult uh scenarios where you can also then bring this together like this shouldn't work <laughs> like yeah. a, a, having a super group is hard you know but the guy i think his ego usually gets in the way but if when you're with your buddies i guess it changes it all I think supergroup is a horrible expression because it it assumes that that's the way the people's egos work and right. mu making music is an egoless pursuit in so many ways once you're down to doing it and uh none of us act <laughs> I mean if you met a, a you know we're we're speaking now but uh, as as chums but if mm -hmm. if you met us on the street uh, we're as uh, approachable and I think Supergroup is so funny because there's so many talented people who nobody knows about. Yeah. They're, every group that's any good is a Supergroup. Absolutely. Uh, how long have you guys known each other? 50 mm. years. I'm sorry. Say that again. <laughs> <laughs> I said 50 years. Oh, man. You guys, since you were kids? Well, no, it feels like we've known each other since we were about six, maybe. When, when was it? Like 90, 92 or something? It would be 93. 93? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> and strangely, uh, when we met, uh, it felt like we'd known each other our whole lives. Right. So at least since 93. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe much longer. I don't know. Maybe a past yeah. life. Yeah. We'll ask Shirley. We'll ask Shirley McLean. At, uh, oh, well, she's not around. <laughs> well, she is somewhere. Yeah, she'll be. She'll be in my basement next week. That's right. Yeah. Can you can you talk to us a little bit about the the album cover and you know the Latin phrase and just break it down a little bit for us? Um, it, the album yeah, well, is the Undertaking. Is there yeah, anything uh, to that title? And then you know there are all the rest of it. Uh. Well, I'm a member of the uh, Freemason Illuminati, and uh, <laughs> uh, hence I got an invite. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I I used that imagery on the uh, on the second album, the 
all seeing eye in the pyramid. Right. Uh, and I always just assumed that it was an image of the French enlightenment that, uh, a respect for science and, uh, science and reason over faith and superstition. Mm -hmm. And then it's been co-opted by other groups to mean other things. And I've had people coming at me over this record, the undertaking it's saying, uh, you know, I'll cut it, cut it out with all this Illuminati bullshit. And the, you know, you're a Freemason. Why do you keep it a secret? And <laughs> what the hell? Uh, now we're, we're kind of more on a roots level. It's, you know, a belief in reason, science. Cool. Yeah, the symbol was around a long time before the Freemasons, but it, yeah, anyway. It, a long time. I, and a long time before the American bill. And yeah. Yeah. But we are controlling the world. <laughs> yeah. We, we try. Well, of course. I, I knew yeah, that going in. You told me to ask that question. <laughs> and the Latin phrase at the bottom is really kind of our guiding principle. It started as a joke. Mm -hmm. is, oh, that's you know, very cool. We got together to have some laughs, friendship. And, uh, as Craig said, it's about, you know, trying to punch up the other guy's jokes and how far can you take that joke? And, uh, a lot of the songwriting when we're sitting face to face, writing the tunes, a lot of it is just trying to make each other laugh. So. Well, as far as, as far as the artwork itself, Robert did it. He did all the, that artwork, and he's. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna pump him up a little bit here, but he's Let's a pretty, it. pretty fine artist, and I and I think you guys know he's responsible for so much of the hips art art as well. Um, so it was. It's always a, a no brainer where I just put my hands up and say, oh, it's all yours." <laughs> I don't have any ideas. Yeah, I just. Uh... I found myself with a, like a lot of people with a lot of time on my hands during the various lockdowns and gray zones and everything else. So, uh, I thought, well, why don't I do an illustration for every song? Kind of like, uh, our crumbs illustrations for big brother and the holding company or oh, wow. mm -hmm. the paramount race records from the twenties and thirties, mm -hmm. uh, which I'm a big fan of those records and illustrations as as uh, racist and dated as they are, mm -hmm. beautiful illustration. Mm -hmm. uh, so I just kind of set about doing that. I gave myself, I'd sort of think about one for a bit, and then I'd say, okay, I've got the day to do this song. No take backs, no starting over. Mm -hmm. Just work it out, see how far you can take it. and uh, And what you see is what you get. I, I always thought it, Raymond Pettibon was, you know, it has that kind of vibe too. It was one of my favorites. I, I when I saw the first drawings, that was the vibe I got and mm -hmm. thought, oh, this is going to work out just perfectly. I don't know how, where he's going, but it's going to be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes it a, to me, it gave it a nice sort of a handmade quality. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is very handmade, kind of like the record. It was just like, in a weird sort of way, it's largely home recordings. 
right. state home recording has improved a lot over the last 30 years. Uh, yeah, quite a bit. <clears throat> but uh, that's really what it is. They're home recordings. Yeah, they sound great. I, I, I love the sound of this album. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's, it seems strange to me that it's recorded in this time period, but it really, it's very full. It's really, um, it's very, I don't know. I, I guess it feel it has an earthy feel to it. Again, that's why my windows go down and I speed. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask a question here on behalf of Matt Merritt, who is a fan on the website. And he wanted to know whether you're considering touring the record. And if so, would you consider leaving Canada or the U.S.? Obviously, this is contingent on everything changing. But uh, can you speak to that at all? Yeah. Uh, touring. I kind of, I've done a lot of touring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not eager to get on a tour bus or be in an airport. <laughs> and certainly it's not even an option at the moment. So I'm not, even, my head isn't wrapped around that. Uh, if it were an option, uh, I would consider it, mm -hmm. but, cool. uh, much more interested in playing, you know, I would love to get out and play shows with these guys. I'd love to air these tunes out live and see mm -hmm. what takes on life and, because uh, any song, you know, a recorded version of a song is just, it's a weird sort of roadmap or a freeze-dried version of the song. You need to get it on stage, add a few drops of water and some sweat to it to uh, see if it comes to life and springs into a new shape. I love that. Uh, and yeah, some, songs, some songs take on a new life and some songs never will. Mm -hmm. so, that, that was a, a particularly hip thing, you know, to me to watch over the years touring with you guys and, and also just seeing the band or seeing any sound check was how they were already pre uh, sweated <laughs> by the time, by the time the songs hit the recording, they'd already had their um, cryogenic period and had already gone through their metamorphosis into songs. And, and Doug from odds always thought as soon as we, um, we were, you know, after 93 and we started working with you guys and traveling around and doing shows, he would always turn to me and go, I think everybody has got this wrong. You have to tour all these songs first and then make your record. And we always said that. Of course, we never did it, but uh, <laughs> that's yeah. we're, we're the champions of saying it and not doing it. Yeah, you, you hear all these bands that have a killer first album. And it's because they toured that album for two years before they right, <laughs> went right. into the studio. And then yeah. by the time they get to about their eighth album, they go into the studio and no one has any ideas and they're looking at each other. And it's like, well, what if we, what if we play a, start with a C chord? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, I think that's the roots of some of the democratic process too, is when those songs come out of your sound checks or come out of those situations, mm -hmm. you start to have faith in the fact that there's something there that is, if you quantify it, it might wreck it. But it, if you just have faith in it, it, uh, it, and you have faith in each other, then songs will come. You just have to put in the time playing. Yeah. <clears throat> True. So to 
to answer the question, I would love to play some shows with these guys. I would love to air these songs out. But uh, the thought of doing like a 40-date tour or something, my uh, my bones would be powdered by the end of it. I'm just, <laughs> it's I, a nice luxury, though, that the band gets in, in, in the regard, though, that you guys could, you know, just set up a few dates and, and play in, in the future, of, of course, when yeah. everything gets, I would you know, you don't, have to grind, you don't have to grind it out the same way, you know? I would love that. The only, the only problem is, is it's slightly intoxicating. So if you put in all that time rehearsing, you put in, oh, we just rehearsed for two weeks and now we're going to do one show. And then you do the show and you have that, because we have a chemistry. So when it happens, you, you have transcendence and you have those moments of terror and you have all the adrenaline. <clears throat> and so you're, you're sort of tricked into forgetting everything else you've ever experienced and you want to do it more. It's true. And, uh, and a lot of my dread of touring, I, uh, dreaded touring even in the hip, you know, I didn't, I, in the month before a tour was scheduled, I'd always be the one to volunteer and cut the onions at home in hopes that I'm just like, maybe I'll just cut a finger off. And then <laughs> <laughs> Of course, two hours after I'm on the bus, I'm like, I've forgotten everything. It's just like, woo, on the road. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's the it's the dread of something. Uh, and then once you're doing it, it's never bad. It's, you know, I wouldn't say never, but sure. it's never as bad as you think it's going to be. In fact, it's often quite awesome. Another question from a fan, and this is, you know, opposite of the last one really is it, it's been 10 years between um, the deuce and this record, the undertaking. Will we have to wait another 10 years or is, is that a ridiculous question to even ask right now? When 20, you know, 20 years, we double the timeline. <laughs> <laughs> but, but there will be a non-fungible token. Oh yes. Yes. You got to get in on that. Now, I think I think ten years is about as long as we can go in career. We're we're pushing it. I thought it might be a good career move to wait ten years. <laughs> yeah. But he forgot uh, to tell me. Yeah, I think uh, I think this time we're, we're we're it's a pyramid thing. We're coming down the other side. Oh, wonderful! Years. Wonderful. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm already about twelve songs in. I haven't fired any to Craig because he's been really busy. Uh, with uh, an odds album. Oh, great. Ah. Just, I've just been listening to over the last two days, and uh, it's quite amazing. Oh, thanks, Rob. Great. It's great record, and it's going to do good things, and these guys are going to be busy for a while. So uh, once, well, we'll once, once they wrap the that up, I'll, uh, I'll give Craig about three days, and then I'm going to start dumping tunes on him. <laughs> Rob, Rob let's, let's be more specific. We'll be as busy as all the rock bands are right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, can you give us any more insight on the Oz record? Yeah, what's going on? Sure. Uh, hey, I'll reveal the title for the first time. Oh, sweet. <laughs> as an Never exclusive, get scoops. Exclusive for Fully Completely. It's going to be called Crash the Time Machine. And uh, it involves all four of us. <laughs> and... Uh, was mixed by Paul Forks, who who uh, tracked Doug and Pat for this Strippers Union record. Right on. 
and has worked on our album since Cheerleader. And um, yeah, it was kind of a half pandemic affair as well. It was oh. happen- happening at the same time. So we did we did it in much the same way, but uh, but fortunately the tracking of a lot of the band tracks together was done before uh, the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And uh, some guest appearances on this record too. Clearly. Yes, oh. Rob. Rob appears for the first <laughs> time on Oz record. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, but not as a guitar player, even though because we don't want anybody to to shade our our greatness on guitar Uh and he would definitely um (laughs) shame us so we allowed him only to sing oh beautiful that was a that was a fan fan question as well (laughs) yeah rob has such a unique voice and style might he consider taking more lead vocals that comes from linda hillman come on that's what i've been saying for Mm -hmm. 20 years yeah (laughs) (laughs) i don't need to hear that (laughs) (laughs) but there there are are certain scenarios where rob's voice is the perfect voice for things and and i love it being the foil where the two of us are doing stuff together yeah there uh everyone likes to sing right even really bad singers like Mm -hmm. to sing (laughs) people can't carry a tune so, yeah, I enjoy it. Uh, it's uh, a little terrifying for me, frankly. And it's one thing to do it uh, at home in my home studio where I'm all alone and I can do as many takes as I need and patch it up and chop it up the way I need. It's <laughs> <laughs> something that I can live with. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I do enjoy it. And it is, as Craig said, sometimes it just seems to be, uh, you know, I don't like cider vinegar, but sometimes it works in a recipe. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Rob's got a lot of gravitas to his voice. And, <laughs> and I think it took the first album um, to, and actually, I don't know, did you ever sing on stage before that, Rob? Uh, no. The guys in the band would never let me sing on stage. I sang on stage in some free hit bands, uh-huh. uh, like when I was went in my little white Rasta phase, <laughs> but, <laughs> things like that. But as a lead vocalist, I don't know. I mean, you you yeah, never up, the you stepped up and did that. <clears throat> a lot of people playing guitar and singing even is a is a no go. Mm-hmm. So Rob did really well, and I think that was a uh, trial by fire because <laughs> he had to do it and uh those first dates that we did were really pretty great for rob as a singer because uh, now you did everything that everyone else did so you're a singer now there you go uh, the people have spoken that's, all it takes, eh? <laughs> that's how it works <laughs> you ride a skateboard once you're a pro <laughs> Uh, thank you for being so generous with your time and with your answers, uh, elaborating so much on this stuff. It's really great. We're, you know, it's exciting to talk to you guys and, uh, you know, everyone's really looking forward to hearing from you. You know, it's a, a super group is a, a silly term, but this is really cool when there's the, you know, the two of you have been involved in so many songs that are 
iconic, not just to, you know, the Canadian listener, but, uh, you know, these are songs that are imprinted on experiences through the bunch of decades that have gone through, like major moments in people's lives. And it's really exciting to talk to you. And I'm so glad that you guys work together and are friends. It was fun to hear that, too. And uh, we really appreciate you taking the time with us. Oh, Thank well, you so much. It was our pleasure. Awesome. Well, that's that. That's how we play yeah. the game. All right. Now I'm going to hit record and we'll do it all again. <laughs> <laughs> now, we, now we got some better answers.
Fully and Completely, a Tragically Hip podcast. For more information about Greg, Jamie, or any of our guests, please visit duvra.com. That's D-E-W-V-R-E.com. Send a letter to the show at info at fullyandcompletely.com. To join our Facebook group, go to facebook.com slash groups slash fullyandcompletely. And we're on Twitter and Instagram at fullypodcasts. And hey, don't forget to rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. The Duvra. Podcasts and such.